As cozy lifestyle bloggers, we have an affinity for good lighting. Oh, for crying out loud, Michelle, we were raised in the dark. We have an affinity for good lighting because we couldn't see growing up. This is true, our mom liked it real dim. I think what you're trying to say is if you too have an affinity for great lighting or don't know much about it and can use some expertise, well, we have just the place for you. Horton's Home Lighting. Between Horton's premier lighting showroom and team of lighting specialists, the lighting woes will never go unanswered again. Every square inch of ceiling and walls are covered with twinkling light fixtures as well as ceiling fans of every style and design. The store alone is a destination worth visiting. Oh, but sister, Horton's is so much more than incredible lighting. Horton's also features a full ACE hardware with the most helpful and knowledgeable of employees, as well as indoor and outdoor seasonal decor, patio furniture, and so much more. Yeah, like items like the Solo Stove, Uni Pizza Ovens, Tabletop Heaters, everything your Midwestern heart desires. Hortons offers Chicagoland's largest in-stock selection of home lighting with locations in LaGrange and Orland Park. Visit any of their showrooms and you will see that Hortons isn't just another lighting store, it's a true destination. Yeah, you know, walking into Hortons is kind of like walking into home. For more information on Hortons, head to www.hortonshome.com. When shopping on hortonshome.com or while in-store, use our code SISTERS for $50 off of any purchase of $250 or more. That's SISTERS, S-I-S-T-E-R-S, for $50 off of any purchase of $250 or more. Hello and welcome to our podcast, Cozy Conversations with the Sister Project. I'm Lauren. And I'm Michelle. And we're so excited you stopped by for a visit. Come on in. Yeah, make yourself at home. We're two Midwestern sisters who love a good old-fashioned conversation and enjoy sharing our life experiences with one another and you. Consider this your one-stop shop for cozy, mindful well-being, along with some entertainment and lots of wheezy laughing. Oh, you bet there'll be a lot of that going around. (laughs) Our goal is to live our coziest life and inspire you to do the same because the truth is, we think it's good for your mind and your body. Thank you so much for tuning in. Now, let's get cozy. Welcome, welcome, Cozy Convo listeners. I'm Lauren. And I'm Michelle. And mm. there's no bah humbugs no around Scrooges here. No Scrooges in this house. No, mm-hmm. you guys, we had such a wonderful conversation just now. Full circle moment. Yeah, yeah, it is, <laughs> because we've been talking about the Goodman's A Christmas Carol for like three weeks now, and we just had a conversation with the ghost of Christmas present, Bethany I mean, Thomas. Our hearts are finally full and complete. <laughs> it feels more complete now, yeah, I feel now. like. <laughs> we we, we got talked to- about them long enough that they're like, fine, we'll give you a ghost. <laughs> She was fun. And we got the best one. Bethany was such a joy to chat with. She gave us some inside scoop on what's happening behind the scenes. I mean, aren't you always kind of wondering yes, what's going that's on why back I there? Asked. I know. <laughs> good point. Good point. We learned a lot about her wardrobe and her costume design. And then she um, told us a little bit about what's going on off stage production when she's just being Bethany doing her thing, which is singing, songwriting. Yeah, doing a lot of cool things. Yeah. So, you guys, here we go. If you are interested in also seeing a performance, of A Christmas Carol. It does run until New Year's Eve. We're going to drop the link below and Bethany informs us at the end of the conversation that there's a lot of cool times available like matinees because of the holiday. So get on it. You don't want to miss out on this opportunity. It is a wonderful production. And Bethany, thank you so much for taking the time to chat cozy with the Sister Project. Listeners, you're going to love this conversation. Enjoy and happy holidays. So joining us today, we have Bethany Thomas. She is the ghost of Christmas present at Goodman's the- Goodman Theater's rendition of A Christmas Carol. And 
Bethany, I go every year. I've seen you there the past two years. Is that correct? Or have you been there longer? No, no, no. I'm, I'm in like a post pandemic. Okay. You're, yep, yeah. you're and I, <laughs> I, I dragged Michelle along. Well, I actually, how took, many years ago did we go? Did I go with we you? We went many years ago, like pre pandemic, pre pandemic the before times yep. as we refer to it as I love this, the place so much. I even list, listened to it on audio during the pandemic. I don't know if you knew that they did that Bethany, but during the pandemic, I guess Larry and all of the actors got together and recorded the play. And it, yeah. was, it was pretty cool. Um, but I have to say, when you came out on stage this season um, at, at the Goodman, your costume blew me away. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is pretty. I love the dress. Yes. It's super way. different than last year. That's what I was going to ask. It's a different costume, right? It's super. I feel like last year was more velvet. Last year was like pine branches. <laughs> it was like. <laughs> a full Christmas tree and it weighed like 20 pounds, like just the skirt. And it had to be like, I couldn't even put it on in my dressing room. It was too big to like get through doors and go upstairs. Oh my God. <laughs> so where, did, where did you put it on? Like so I would like be in, I'd get my wig and my makeup on. And then I would uh, just be in like my, you know, corset and petticoat thing and just kind of go upstairs. And then two people, had to lower the skirt down from the fly space. No, no see, yeah. these are the secrets. That's, I'm so excited. That's where they stored it. It was too big to store anywhere with costumes. Ah. So they stored it, hung up in the air. They would lower it down. And I wished always it could be a thing where I just like put my arms up and it would that's like. That's what I envisioned. Pretty cool. That's what I'm. Thinking. No, not the case. It just <laughs> went down glamour. to the ground. And then two dear, lovely wardrobe people had to help me get into it and fasten it around me and stuff. And that was not fun. (laughs) It doesn't sound fun. I have a friend who's involved in theater in the city and her very good friend was for a period of time. She was, I think the costume designer at Goodman. I'm just going to throw her name out because it's a kind of an unusual first name. Did you know a Janae at the Goodman theater? Oh, Janae's still there. Yeah. Yeah. She's, Yeah, she's still She's one of our wardrobe no helpers. Way. Yes. I've hung with yeah. her a couple of times. Very cool. She's Does really she, cool. Does she help design? Beautiful voice. Um, no, I don't think she helped design it. Uh, the costume designer is Heidi McMath. Okay. And uh, she did both dresses that I've worn. So this year's dress, this season's dress is more like, I feel like it's all Holly. Is that fair? Is it Holly? Yeah. They're really leaning into the Holly and the Ivy. Oh, no. And it's not as much Christmas tree. It's more like it's a more, you know, like bodycon kind of dress, even though it's covered in branches and stuff, but (laughs) still branches. It's a a lot more sleek and uh, I can walk up the stairs in it. So it only takes one person to help me get it. Got it. Now, do you you have a say in your costume or is that really left up to the costume designer? Um, I think if I had some strong feelings about something that they would definitely take them into consideration. Um, when we're having fittings, even before we started rehearsal, it's, you know, it's, you know, like what, what can't you wear? Is there Mm -hmm. anything that you don't want to do again? And, but, uh, I think they redesigned the dress this year because last year was just too difficult and it was difficult to move in as well it was like yeah because I feel like sometimes the ghost of Christmas past 
for certain shows has had the same costume for years in a row. And this, oh, okay. Right. And then even your dress, I wonder if your dress was worn by the previous ghost woman who played your role, who did your role, or was that the first time you were wearing it? Or no, they built it. They built built it for me. I've seen pictures of when Jasmine was present and she, okay. I think she had a totally different look. The one this year is really, I'm obsessed with it. I think you looked so beautiful and it was such a presence on the stage. Um, and it really reminded me of what you, what I've seen in other like cartoons or in other film productions uh, and play productions of the Ghost of Christmas Present that Holly, I feel like is a real big part of it. I feel like I've seen like the, like the Holly, Holly crowns. Yeah. Now, do you watch or see any other productions or watch movies to get into this role and kind of get bits and pieces from other actors and actresses who've played this role before? Or do you make it completely your own? Well, I guess I haven't really seen a lot of Christmas. I'm just like, what it's if small. I, that's why watch. I've seen the Muppet Christmas Carol a lot. Not but that's I've not seen that one. Great Carol, not my favorite present, maybe. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> um, this, I have played Christmas present uh, in two other productions. I did well. I did it in high school, <laughs> and then I did it in uh, at Milwaukee Rep in 2015. And each one was a very different take on it, for sure. Uh, I like to imagine present as I mean like they get one day to live the spirits you know Mm -hmm. and this one is always very much in the moment so I see them as like a super like empathic Mm. being like whatever is the energy in the room they're taking that all in and like processing it at crazy speeds like you're taking it on in like a toddler and you're figuring out what it is and then you can figure it out right away because you're growing at such an ex- exponential rate <laughs> stop me if this is just sounding like I, ridiculous not, i'm obsessed <laughs> with how this is more than i imagined because i'm i'm obsessed with this play and what you guys do over at goodman so these little insight stories and tips are like a gift to of christmas for me so thank you keep going <laughs> oh sure so I think when I first come there, it's all this excitement and I've had a lot of anticipation and like, it's finally my day to, to be alive and be mm-hmm. in the world and be with a person and see what the earth is like. It's my Christmas. And um, so, yeah, I, I'd like to start out kind of more childlike and bright voice and, oh my gosh, anything can happen. We can do anything, you know? Mm-hmm. And then as we travel and we go through things and I see Scrooge and how people interact with him and, and don't and how he interacts with other people. I'm getting all of that energy and I have the capacity to feel very sad or mm. get angry about things. And it might've been the first time I even knew that that could happen. So that's kind of the energy I'm trying to play I the role in. Um, and uh, Larry is so good and all the beats like with him are really like pretty mapped out at this point for him. So. It's fine to it's fun to find my place in, you know, this kind of tune that's already been written mm-hmm. to find my spot in there and figure out how am I processing this information and then what am I shooting back at Scrooge with it, you know? 
And I love how you shoot back at Scrooge. I love how you give him a little lip when he gets a little, you know, when he is at the Cratchit's house and he's there to see what their Christmas is like. And you're acknowledging that this is this is what their life is like. And maybe if you did pay him a better wage, Bob Cratchit and his family wouldn't be in the situation that they are in. Mm-hmm. Um, Michelle and I found ourselves several times crying during the production. Do you find yourself getting emotionally um, invested or are you just playing your part as an actress? And that doesn't doesn't do the same as for the people on stage as it does the audience. I think everybody in the cast probably has a moment in this production where they just sit still and listen and feel it. And honestly, I I feel like Larry says this in lots of interviews, like it's always genuine to him. Like you true, like you, you, there's stuff that you can phone in, but by the end, like you truly are so moved mm-hmm. by this this person's transformation. Truly. And it's it really is magical to hear even backstage or like, I'm usually like down in the dressing room grabbing something or washing something off and then like, what's my cue? But like, I'm always, it, it's always special. Yeah. Good. I love to hear that because it's very special to the audience. Now, Bethany, in the play, you're also playing, you are also Scrooge's I, housekeeper? The charwoman, yeah. Is that what, they, what do they call her? <laughs> I'm a charwoman. What does that, what does mean? that mean? I think it's like a housekeeper and lady, you know, landlady that takes out the char. I don't okay. like right. <laughs> right. Those like those old Dickens terms. <laughs> Obviously, I've done a lot of research on her. Um, <laughs> My favorite part of her is covered like, in char. Yeah, I'm like, I see it all over her. I love when she leaves Scrooge's home the night that he is going to be visited. When he, you know, you leave for the evening and you give her the children, the mother and children, bread or whatever it was that you handed them from your basket. And that's where I get choked up because this play really reminds you. That Christmas is the season of giving and mm-hmm. you guys put on this production and people leave there with this, a different heart. That's how I, leave. yes. Like something like me, I might've walked in with a black heart and I left <laughs> with an <laughs> open heart and understanding like the reignition of like the reason for the season, you know, you forget over the course you do. of yeah. six so commercial. Days. Yeah. And so it's nice think- to start the season with that. Well, I'm just saying, and I think just the idea or the recognition that something like that can still, something like that's old and classic and this, you know, like all these old stories, we're always trying to figure out how to make them relevant still. Mm-hmm. But uh, it immediately, you feel it. And the idea that you can still be affected like yeah. that by things like that is joy in itself, I think, where it's just like, really? oh, thank God, I still have this part of my heart is still working Mm -hmm. and I still get to take this in. Like it's exciting. It's very exciting. It's a beautiful production. I'm so curious what is going on and like the behind the scenes, like when you are, when you're off stage, are you sipping on coffee? Are you changing? What's the vibe like? (laughs) Uh, well, the dressing rooms and the green room and stuff are set downstairs from the stage level. Okay. So can you hear the play taking place like over speakers? Yes. Yeah. They do have monitors down there. And if you go into the green room, it's like on the TV as well. Like, Mm -hmm. um, when my track starts, when I first come on as a charwoman, after I do that and I do the little bread stuff and I go off stage, I'm immediately getting into Fezziwig costume. 
and stuff. And then when that's done and we go into intermission, I'm immediately getting into present stuff so that I can be ready at the end of, by the end of intermission. And then after that, it's a quick change back into Charwoman and you do another scene. Like <laughs> everybody has their own version of a track like that. And sometimes you get, sometimes you get done with something and you're heading to your spot and like, you're used to seeing the exact same people in the exact same spots going to their next thing. Backstage is, is such a machine. It's mm. crazy. Uh, and it's been fun to do it for two years now because there's some people, a lot of people, you know, do it every year. And a lot of the crew is the same and I'll walk back and I see the exact same crew member. Like mm. there's Morgan, she's squatting and she's stretching <laughs> right now. Cause that's when she does this. I don't know if it's <laughs> she has to fly something later, but she is stretching. Like, and I, I remember that. that from my track last year, like, Oh yes, everything is right where it should be. <laughs> the well-oiled um, machine. Yes, exactly. So I'm kind of like doing a lot of that. Some other people have tracks where they do get some downtime and they, they can just sit off stage because they stay in that costume. Right. And there's water and Kleenex and spaces where people can kind of gather and try not to get too loud. Mm-hmm. Um, Kareem Bandili, who plays uh, Marley, he will walk around like in his Marley makeup, looking all scary. He'll walk around backstage with a cup of tea and a saucer. I love him. <laughs> love that. Thank you for this insight. And it is perfect. <laughs> it's like it's as he should be beautiful. Just <laughs> change the the thing. And oh, we need to ask about the thing. <laughs> about what thing? The oh thing, yeah, the thing around Marley's head. Can you tell us what is the purpose of that? I think that's what they did in the old days when people died with their mouth open, or right. like it's to keep it closed, Lauren, like in the grave. Bethany, I, we at the funeral. We have been around death before, um, sadly, but this is, you know, truth in its life. And we were talking about this and I'm like, I think that because of the loved one who we had passed away, mouth was open. I'm like, that's why Bob Marley wears the freaking towel over his head. <laughs> so thank you. For you just friends. said Bob Marley. <laughs> You know who I'm talking about. That's an interesting crossover episode. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Jacob, Jacob. That's hilarious. <laughs> and now a word from our sponsor. Michelle. Yes. As a new mom, I am realizing that there is nothing more important than having access to incredible care for my kid. Yeah, isn't that the truth, Lauren? Mm-hmm. And now you get it more than ever with your sweet little Luna. I know. I love her. Okay, let, let's stand the script here. <laughs> okay. I know I always say this, but it really does take a village to get these kids through life, especially if a little one needs an extra hand meeting their developmental milestones as they grow. That's why our friends at Hummingbird Pediatric Therapies are just the village you are seeking should your child need services. Their therapies range from pediatric counseling, speech, occupational, feeding, and physical therapy. Wow, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And beyond that, they offer neurodevelopmental treatment and social emotional playgroups. Hummingbird offers the most comprehensive five star reviewed pediatric therapy in the Chicagoland area for children of all developmental stages. Hummingbird helps kids and parents navigate big toddler feelings, autism, sensory processing disorder, Down syndrome, picky eaters, speech delays, and many other developmental delays and genetic disorders. If you have a small child and are curious about their milestones, check out Hummingbird's developmental tool at 
hummingbirdpediatrictherapies.com. That interactive checklist option is free, and with just a few questions answered, you will get immediate feedback at no cost. For more about Hummingbird Pediatric Therapies and their services, or to make an appointment for your child, head to hummingbirdpediatrictherapies.com and meet your tribe. And now, back to our cozy conversation. I have a question regarding the audition (laughs) process. Um, you know, I like when I watch live performance, I, I always like to see what characters are doubling up, you know, like, oh, look, there's present playing, you know, Char. When you go and audition for the A Christmas Carol at a Goodman, are you going in auditioning for present, you know, the ghost? And then later they're saying, and you know what? I think you'd make a great Char too. Like, how does the doubling up on the, the characters happen? I think that it's not always the same doubling up. I think that sometimes it depends on who's directing it. And sometimes it probably depends on who's cast. And then like, Oh, they're in this. Can that track? Like if you're doing present, what other parts can we have Mm -hmm. you in? Like you can't do any of these street scenes, but okay, we'll do char woman. And that's where, I don't know if they're looking for something where it's like a cool, like parallel, character or something mm-hmm. I don't think so I think it's really just like who has the skills to do the things mm-hmm. that we need for this track but I won't you know and I've only done this with Jessica Phoebus like I and I'd never seen it here before mm-hmm. so I can't really speak to past presence and what they did I guess okay is it all I mean like are they always doubled is that usually the thing? Because when I auditioned, I only had present sides. Like I don't. I'm not. I can't keep track over the. I've seen so. I've seen the play so many times. I can't keep track. But it is fun as an audience member to spot people and say like, "Oh, there she is again," or "There he goes," you know, doing mm-hmm. another role. So that's kind of fun. But a question I wanted to ask you, you know, as an audience and a lover of the production, I can go every year. I know it by heart. I could, I mean, I love the changes though. Like when the different changes come about year by year, it's fun to see what's going on as an actress and being a thespian and doing this play. I mean, how many shows do you have this season for just a Christmas Carol? Like how many performances do we do? Yeah. I think like it's a little bit over 50. Okay. And with that being said with 50 um, performances, does it ever, does it ever get tiring or bored or is it exciting every night? Is it different every night? Do you ever get to Christmas and are like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. You turn into Scrooge. You're so sick of it. (laughs) I think maybe if my, if I sat more around, like if I was only doing present and I just like sat around for the whole first act Uh, and then went on and did my little thing and then I was gone, I think I would get bored a little bit, but this one, there's always so many moving parts. Like nothing is, there's understudies on it's like oh this person's not in the dance tonight oh you gotta dance with this person like <laughs> the dancing it, sequence is so it keeps fun. you on your toes so okay so you're it's not as it, 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 there's a lot more going on than just what we see which feels like like again a well-oiled machine you guys got it down so you yeah. don't realize from our perspective that we think oh it seems maybe it's the same every night but no coming from what it sounds like it's not Oh, and there's two, it I mean, is, like there's an alternate isn't. Scrooge too, which changes the, the rhythm of the whole show, of the whole show. Like, oh, wow. Lauren, I'm yeah. so sad if I Lauren is, <laughs> listen, Lauren is a married woman, but she is a crush <laughs> on Larry Ando. She like, I'm sure he would think you are lovely as well. <laughs> Thanks, Bethany. <laughs> like, 
I did, I've seen him out. Like I've seen him in a coffee shop and I, he's, and I said, hello, he's just such a nice man. And I just really love him as Scrooge. I would be heartbroken if I showed up and the, the sub was taking place. That would yeah, that'd break. Be. I, I'd want my money back. <laughs> <laughs> a cool thing about Larry Yando is that he's super into like indie rock. Like he's all up on like, very cool new music and stuff like no he'll text me, yeah just be like are you into this band that i've never heard of like i don't even know who that is larry that's you are funny. on you <laughs> have your finger on the pulse well that that's uh, a perfect segue <laughs> because before we do wrap up we wanted to ask you about your um love of singing and songwriting um we watched an old it was an old appearance that was on two in 2017 on wttw but you were singing a song and i freaking loved it at the lyric, I don't remember the, the word started with a D. Well, I feel like that. And it, was the, the, lyric was, the lyric was, you want to, I can't, he can't, he doesn't want to get high. I want to get you high. Oh, sure, sure, sure. He don't want to. Okay. I loved that. Did you write that? Yeah. Beautiful. Wow. And your voice Thanks. is so beautiful. Super oh, cool. Are you still, are you, are you actively singing and doing gigging. shows besides gigging besides doing obviously what you're doing right now presently? I don't really get to do shows when I'm on a theater contract because okay. really the only day I have off is Monday, mm. like, you know, evening anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so when I'm not in shows, I'm constantly seeing what I can book. Like, and I still need to do like a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, cause all my band members play in other bands and stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's, it's a, a delicate balance. I definitely still am writing and recording. Like we're always working on something, uh, but we don't get to play out as much as I would like to. We did like a cute little Linda Ronstadt tribute show at Steppenwolf earlier this year. And your poster for that was gorgeous. Oh, thank you. I loved it. It was so vintage and cool. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Will you be doing that? Uh, I don't know. We had a good time. Good. We'd probably do something like that again. Uh, when we play some of the songs in our regular sets anyway. Uh, a thing I've done for the last couple of years, just so my projects could play in front of somebody, is I've been having concerts in my backyard in the summertime. Oh. And it's been really fun. My friend and I uh, built platforms. And so we had made a stage. And <laughs> awesome. uh, he brought his PA and I bought lights and made stuff we have this huge yard so um it's been really cool and I've had some bands come in like my projects will play some of my friends projects will play we had like Ted Leo come to town from from the east coast to play a set like in your backyard yeah that's so cool it's been cool. Uh, Claudio, the tamales guy, he comes and sells tamales. <laughs> I love that. It's great. Love that. that. Is, listen, if you're opening it up to the public, Michelle, yeah. I would love I'll buy to a catch a show one day. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Bethany, who do you draw inspiration from as a singer-songwriter? I think when I'm trying to be cool, I'm, I'm listening to, like, St. Vincent. Love her. Uh, yeah, me too. Holy She's cow. Awesome. No, um, I love right? Angel Olsen and Sharon mm. Van Etten. Uh, but I love, like, I love Bowie. I love Neil Young. Okay. And I, I'm about to put out like an EP with a few covers on it. And two of the songs I just always wanted to do. And one's a Wilco song wow. called How to Fight Loneliness. That single just came out. Yeah. And then, but I'm doing a Neil Young song on there and a Towns Van Zandt song on there and a Radiohead song on there. Radiohead song. 
uh, motion picture soundtrack from Kid A. Okay. Oh, on Kid A. Kid A is a great album. Yeah. It's toy that it's at the end of Kid A. Okay. And I don't know, that one kind of turned out to be just like my ode to 2001. (laughs) (laughs) So my tastes are all over the place. And then, you know, when I'm doing gigs and stuff, people need me to do jazz stuff or blues stuff or opera stuff. So I can, I can figure out the voices, but. Do you study music? Uh, no, I did a lot of theater and stuff in high school. I went to Columbia for a year and studied theater, but then I kind of just started working and being in bands mm-hmm. and uh, doing all that stuff at the same time. And really just like, well, what do you need? I can figure that out. And eventually oh. you figure it out. You know, that reminds me of something you said. Oh my God. In that interview. No, it was, it, it was on arts three or three arts. It was on oh, web- three arts. Sure. Okay. And you were talking about yourself being who you are. And you said something about, gosh, I hope I can not murder this quote. You said something about like, I know I can do it. It's just not a matter of if I can do it. It's just how do I do it? And I really love the way you put that because I think we all find ourselves in opportunities. Do you want to do this? Do you want to try this? And you're like, oh, I don't know if I can. And what you said really spoke to me because it's not about if, it's just how you do it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really beautiful, Bethany. It just really touched me because I feel like we all get into that headspace about like, can I do it? (laughs) Sure. Thank you. I, and I have to think about that myself a lot, even though I feel like most of my career, I've been like trying to make sure no one can put me in any kind of box. Like mm-hmm. I still do it to myself, you know, especially when it comes to roles that I like play or like what I would look like on stage next to the co-star or something. Right. I can think about that constantly because I know, you know, directors and things are too, but mm-hmm. it's not helpful. So keep remembering what you said. I'm going to remember it. (laughs) Um, Bethany, as we wrap up, I have a question for you. Michelle and I, anytime we have a guest on, and when we're just talking on our podcast about, you know, life and catching up, we're always sharing like what we're reading, what we're watching, or what we're listening to. And I was wondering, we are wondering if you, (laughs) you know, if there's something you don't want to listen, I I feel like I haven't read in three weeks. It's my favorite thing. (laughs) And you're super busy. So are you reading, watching, or listening? to anything uh I I'm not really reading anything I feel some a date just asked me this and I felt like such a jerk I was like I'm done I don't I have books everywhere and I haven't read this one yet well you are busy <laughs> reading like a, a full book and I like to do it with where it's in my hands like I feel like that's a hobby that I can only even think about sometimes when I really have some time and energy to fill Mm-hmm. And uh, and even then, it probably gets trumped by like any music kind of thing that I'm supposed to do. Uh-huh. I was I was laughing when he asked, like, "What are you listening to?" I was like, "Oh, everybody's doing their Spotify Wrapped things and stuff mm-hmm. right now." And I did mine, <laughs> and of course, it said fun. like all I was listening to was Linda Rodstadt, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, well, it's just because I was trying to learn the songs to do the show." Right. And my bass player texted to our band. He was just like. I got later months. I was like, oh, are you listening to try to figure out songs as well? So apparently that's what I've been listening to this year. <laughs> and now do you have any time for watching television or do you just shut down? Are you done after your produ- your performances? I am very much looking forward to uh, the finale of, well, I don't know if it's finale. Yet. I'm watching White Lotus for sure oh my right God. now. We are, we are obsessed <laughs> It is wild. Yeah. Yeah. I want to know like who's the dead body, 
what's up with the uncle and his nephew? They're clearly, clearly not uncles and nephew, or maybe well, like, I don't no, know. That Dude, guy's family. a prostitute for sure. Okay. Okay. Or okay. sex worker for sure. Okay. For sure. And they're totally okay. trying to swindle Wednesdays. Um, Jennifer Coolidge, but that's the thing. What, when is that going to all, it's going to blow up this next also, banana. Why is the other sex worker, Lucia, why is she all of a sudden have like a pimp? Who's this Alessio guy? That is also a setup. Also a setup. I agree with you. She's trying to get money from the nice Albie. And I know. Guy to be like, oh, I'm scared of him. But so can you give me my money? So he'll be nice. My pimp will be nice to me. Yeah. (laughs) Probably like her brother or something. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. for sure. It's all in the family. Oh, my God. Well, Bethany, this has been such a fun conversation michelle and i laugh because we often talk to people we've never met before and this was it was great to see you on stage you do such a marvelous job and then having this opportunity um to chat with you was just really a lovely treat for us this christmas season um can you tell our listeners how long the production will be running will be running for this season we run until new year's eve oh so Mm -hmm. after christmas okay i wasn't sure yes yeah and there's like some weird showtimes too there's a lot of weird matinees so anytime right. you got a minute you want to refill your heart yes, yes we highly highly it recommend it we've been talking about the a christmas carol for like the past two episodes of our podcast um and lastly before we wrap things up when will you when will your ep be available and where can one obtain it so that we can listen to your songs sure i have a tiny it's just a four song ep coming out it is called influencer and it'll be out february third i believe uh and if you want to me to get any money yeah. from the music you, you can buy it media. on Bandcamp. cool my name's okay. bethany thomas but if you just want to stream stuff uh you, you know it's on spotify pandora itunes youtube all that stuff i just uh-huh. heard about Bandcamp today for the first time actually not familiar oh that were can you tell us musicians. a little bit about Bandcamp? yeah so that our listeners know what it, what it's all about for sure. It is like you can use it just as a streaming service, but it's really where most indie artists post their whole catalog or merch and stuff. It's just a, it's a nicer interface to listen to stuff and then actually buy stuff from the artists, like directly from the artist. Pretty yeah. cool. It's awesome. And I'm glad that exists because as podcasters and content creators, a lot of our souls go into our work and creations and we all yeah. deserve <laughs> a shekel here and there. <laughs> we uh, and like any kind of appreciation is so great and like, exactly. you know, validating and stuff, but some like, it's really just like, Oh gosh, this person gave me a dollar for my song. It's really, oh, that yep. feels very, yep. very nice oh. and Good. <laughs> it does feel nice and good. Oh, I love it. Bethany, thank you so much for joining us. I would I hope I would be able to see the production or the performance one more time this season. You never know. But if not, I hope to see you next year because I'm there every year. <laughs> Yay. Thank you for joining so us, Bethany. Thanks for having me. Of course. Merry Christmas. Thank you for joining us for today's cozy conversation. For more of The Sister Project, check us out on Instagram at The Sister Project and our website, www.thesisterprojectblog.com. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and maybe even drop us a review. Until next time, stay cozy.